Uh, joining us now, the Ravens' two-time Pro Bowl selection, a three-time first-team All-Pro kicker, Justin Tucker, who made the game-winning kick on Sunday against the 49ers, a 49-yarder with no time left on the clock, which just happened to be his ninth career game-winning field goal with either no time left in the fourth quarter or an OT. Justin, what is it like to walk out there under those circumstances in those weather conditions with the wind whipping, the rain falling, everybody counting on you. What is it like to kick a kick like that at the end? You know, more than anything, it's, uh, it's, I look at it as an opportunity. Uh, you know, it's a blessing just to have the opportunity in the first place. And then, uh, you know, making the most of it, just putting the ball through the uprights is obviously the goal. Um, you know, so as exciting or scary or, Whatever it may be, uh, the only important thing is, you know, those 1.3 seconds between the snap, the hold, and the kick, and, uh, you know, just getting the job done. All the feelings, all the emotions, um, you know, acknowledging that they're there, then putting them away and uh, recognizing that the only thing that matters is getting the job done, um, you know, has certainly served us well, and it did uh, this past Sunday. But do you feel any nerves when you go out there? Any nerves? Oh, absolutely. Every single kick, whether it's a PAT in the first quarter or a uh, walk-off game winner, uh, yeah, I'm definitely feeling the nerves. I'm feeling the butterflies. Um, you know, there's a, uh, I mean, there's a human element to this game, and, you know, as much as we try to make ourselves seem like machines, uh, it's, you know, it's part of it. You're going to be emotional and excited and scared and nervous, uh, confident, all of those things. Um, but, uh you know, I, I, I'm I'm very fortunate to have Morgan Cox and Sam Cook throwing the ball and spotting it, uh, so I can just take that out of the equation and you know not even have to think about that. Um, you know, like I'm sure some other guys do. I mean, I don't have to think twice about the snap or the hold being there. Uh, I just have to think about getting my studs in the ground with my plant, swinging out up and through, and putting the ball through the post. So, uh, you know, trying to keep it as simple as possible in those moments. Uh, is certainly important, but it's uh, one of those simple is not easy kind of things. Well, simple is not easy, and you're doing it in the rain. Does the rain make it that much worse? Does it make that much difference to a kicker? I mean, here we are watching from home, and I would think ordinarily making a 49-yard field goal to win the game would be challenging enough, but then you introduce another element like the rain coming down. How does that factor in? Yeah, so I've said for a while that our stadium, M&T Bank Stadium here in Baltimore, is uh, in my opinion, the toughest place to make kicks in football. Um, wow. You know, and, I'm, and I'm not saying that to like pump ourselves up or anything because we happen to play here more than anybody else, but um, you know, it just it's a tough place to get the ball to go through the uprights. Uh, we've got you know wind that'll swirl around in there in really unique ways. That's tough to figure out. Uh, this time of the year, it starts getting colder, and the ball just simply does not travel as far. Um, I think that's ideal gas law, if I'm not mistaken. And then, uh, uh, yeah, you factor in the, you know, the wind, the rain, the field conditions. When it's raining, really more more than anything, the the footing gets affected. So, uh, on that 49 yard field goal to win the game, uh, where the ball was spotted at the 39 yard line on the left hash, the the footing was uh, certainly less than ideal. So, you know, just trying to slow everything down just a little bit. Uh, be light on my feet. Uh, that's you know that those are the adjustments that we have to make uh, to just get the ball to go through the posts. And is it more of a relief when you make it, or more of a victory? 
I mean, it's it's both. You know, it just it depends on what time of the day when you ask me. Like as soon as the ball leaves my foot and I see that it's going through, Sam and I, see, you know, the, we all know it's going through. We're elated. We're excited. We're pumped. Uh, and then, you know, along with that, pretty shortly thereafter, yeah, absolutely relieved that, uh, you know, as as crazy as it sounds, I get more nervous after hitting a, a big kick like that <laughs> than when I'm lining it up in the first place. Because I think about, you know, uh, man, what if that didn't, what if that didn't go our way? And we've, you know, I've, I've, I say I, like we make kicks and every once in a while I happen to miss one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've been on the, you know, the opposite end of where we were, you know, and where, where we currently are, like, you know, this past Sunday and this week, I've been on the opposite end, on the opposite side of that. And it totally sucks. But, uh, <laughs> you know, just like the, you know, this, the same approach will be taken this week after hitting a big kick that I, you know, would take, after uh, missing one here or there, or uh, you know, making several in a game, it's you know, it's always you know, taking it one kick at a time. My you know, my agent Rob Roche, he told me that coming out of college, he said, "Listen, man, the the best way you're going to give yourself a chance to make a team is just by taking it one kick at a time," and uh, you know, that's that certainly served us well these past uh, seven plus years. You know, I remember that look on your face when you missed your first extra point, and I'm not trying to bring up a bad memory or anything, Justin, but the look of shock on your face was incredible. You remember that? Yeah, thanks for bringing that up, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean that part- that particular kick, man. Uh, it's it's one of those. I I still I still try to figure that out. I think about it every single day. Um, still, you know, as much as I try as much as I try not to, I think about that every single day, and I also think about um, you know in a in a in a football context, I think about all the things that we have done well over the years, and you know when you add it all up. Uh, you know, things things look pretty good for the Ravens Wolfpack, and uh, they yeah. will continue to do so. Yeah, two two missed extra points, um, altogether. I mean, that that's pretty good, Justin. One hundred seventy five, one hundred seventy seven. I mean, that that's pretty good. Uh, yeah, but you know, it's not a hundred. Uh, <laughs> and you remember the two misses more than the one hundred seventy five makes. I mean, I think if you ask any, I think if you ask any kicker that's played long enough, you know, you ask the. You know the the Adam Vinatieri's and the Stephen Guskowski's and you know the guys that have uh, played at a high level for a long time. You know a lot of us are kind of driven by uh, you know that uh, somewhat cynical side of you know that somewhat cynical perspective of you know pr- you know you want to prove to yourself more than anything that you can do it that you know you can make kicks and you know. Those uh, those ones that happen to get away from you, they they have a way of just sticking with you for whatever reason. Um, at the exact same time, you know, balance is important, and uh, you know, reflecting after the season when you know the time is right, um, you know, reflecting upon like the you know the the ones that get away from you, uh, along with the good times, uh, that's also important. Now, after the game, after you made the kick, you came in and you said this. I feel like in the spirit of my teammates who have been up here to talk to you guys the last few weeks, I should say something like real inspiring, like big trust, and I'll open it up for questions. Now, that was a take upon what Mark Ingram said, so you'll have to forgive me. Obviously, you guys are lobbying for your quarterback, Lamar Jackson, to win MVP, and he doesn't need a lot of support, I don't think, at this point, even though there are four weeks left in the season. But what does big trust mean? What is that? I wish I could tell you, uh, <laughs> like with some level of confidence but uh 
you know, I, you know, I can tell you what it means what it means to me to to all of us. I at least give you my best guess. You know, I, really more than anything, I'm just trying to fit in. Like I'm the I'm the thirty I'm the thirty year old dad now. So you know, I'm like not I'm, I I don't think I ever was cool, and I'm definitely not cool now. Uh, I believe the translation would uh, you know be something along the lines of you know trust that you know when I say something I'm going to do it. You know, I think that's I think that's what it stems from. So you know, Mark added the. Uh, the B.I.G. in front of it, and now we've got, you know, I, I, I mean, hey, you know, I think uh, Lamar Mark should definitely capitalize, start like a, you know, maybe maybe as a part of like New Era Eight Apparel, there should be like a big trust collection that, that should be dropping soon. So, that I mean, that, that's just my opinion. I think that would be a great move. Wait, you're saying you're a 30-year-old, you know, uncool dad, and I'm a 52-year-old uncool dad. In fact, I even said to my producer, Travis, before, I said, are they saying big trust or big trust? Like, what are they saying? I don't understand because I'm not cool enough to understand. Yeah, I believe the spelling is trust, with, like with three S's or more, <laughs> depending on how tr- how trusty you're feeling. Uh, I mean, I would even say that you could uh, swap out any or all of the S's for dollar signs, and I think that would make plenty of sense. Uh, uh, but again, you know, this I'm just I'm speculating. Um, yeah, I, I, but uh, yeah, I think uh, I, I believe that's how it's spelled. Now, let's just get past the big trust issue. What has it been like to be around and watch Lamar Jackson this season? It's really incredible. Uh, you know, he's playing at an MVP level, and we all know that. The whole world knows that now. Uh, what What really stands out to me as a you know as a guy who's been around for for a couple minutes now. Um, you know, I've been fortunate enough to play on some very, very good uh, championship Ravens football teams, right? Uh, Lamar is leading this team, uh, you know, like, like, you know, you would you would expect and like you would want from the you know the quarterback of your team, right? Um, and not only is he leading this team, but he's playing at such a high level. And uh, I mean, I can't say I I don't think anybody around here can say enough positive stuff about him. But you know the maybe it doesn't necessarily stick out as much as just, you know, his performance, but his passion. Um, he cares so deeply about winning and playing well and producing. Uh, and that mentality just uh, permeates through the whole locker room in a, a really, you know, subs- like a really significant, tangible way. Like, you know, any, any single guy at any moment knows that we could be called upon to make the play to win the game. And that mentality, you know, it, it starts with, Guys like Lamar, guys like Earl Thomas, guys like Marshall Yonda, and I. And the the thing is, I I just you know I, I drop a couple of names, but I could probably name everybody in our building, and uh, everybody feels the same way. When did you know that Lamar was different? I could probably point to, you know, a couple dozen plays that he makes where every single one you're like, wow, that was unbelievable. Like I've never seen anybody do that before. I mean, I, I think it's every single – it seems like every single game that we play, he has one of those Chris Berman type of plays. I, I, I should probably try it again. He has Give one of those up. Chris Berman type of plays that, uh, you know, just totally, like, totally, you know, electrifies the stadium. Uh, you know, it totally electrifies our sideline. Uh, so I, I, it, it's hard to even pick one moment. There's there There are – so many pl- big plays that he has made and he is responsible for every single one of them. It's, you know, it's, it's almost shocking how he continues to do exactly that. 
Can you ever do opera in a Chris Berman voice? I know you sing opera. I mean, is that possible? Like, could you sing Oh Holy Night or Ed Maria or anything <laughs> like that in the Chris Berman voice? Like, could you do that? Not on this podcast. <laughs> no way I can convince you to try that? You got to, you got to, uh, there's a fee for that. <laughs> can you give us some sort of sample, not in a Chris Berman voice, of what is your favorite verse to sing, a little go-to, so anything like that that could give the viewers who don't realize how superb you are at singing opera a little taste of your special, unique talents? No, man. I can't do that. I got to, uh, <laughs> I gotta keep the cards close to the chest on that one. Are, are you, uh, you know, I, I think I've, I think I'm I, I'm like uh, you know I'm I'm trying to think of like a musical act here. Um, yeah, I can't come up with one, but you know I'll just pop up like once every you know couple of years, and uh, you know I'll do like a like a flash mob style performance. So you know I, I think we're like a a couple years removed from the last one. So you know I think uh, in the next several months one and, should and, definitely be popping up. Yeah, and for those who don't know who are listening, Justin sings opera in seven different languages, English, Spanish, French, German, Italian, Latin, and Russian. You performed at the Catholic Christmas Festival at the Baltimore Basilica in 2015 and 16. Any performances coming up here soon, Justin? Nothing formally on the schedule right now, but uh, but stay tuned. Stay tuned? For, stay tuned for what? I, that's all I can say at this point in time. All right, if you could sing opera at one venue in the world, what would it be, Justin? Ooh, man. Uh... You know, I, I think I'd have to say Carnegie Hall just because uh, it's, you know, like it, it's so storied and historic and, uh, you know, how many, however many great acts have come through there for, for years and years. So, um, yeah, I'd, I'd have to say Carnegie for sure. But that has never happened before, correct? It has not. Yeah. And before I let you go, I would be remiss in not asking, this is Adam Vinatieri's 24th NFL season. Uh, you, I believe, are... In your eighth season out of Texas, you are the most accurate kicker in NFL history, connecting on almost 91% of your field goals. How much longer do you want to do this with opera and fatherhood and life beckoning? You know, it's one of those, you put one foot in front of the other type of things and you see how long you can, you know, ride this gravy train with biscuit wheels, man. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm just happy to be here. Uh, and uh, I'm having a great time. And as long as I'm having a good time kicking footballs, I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna keep doing exactly that. I think my my wife's deal with uh, how long I should play is uh, I should play and play and play until uh, I come home one day and I'm like, you know, hey, I'm really thinking about hanging it up. What do you think? And then uh, it'll be. Th- at that day, plus one more year. <laughs> and add it on. Yeah. Listen, we, we are fortunate to watch you. And I will say this, Justin. When you are ready to make that big-time stay-tuned announcement on your next opera performance or whatever it is involving your next chapter in your opera career, you have an open invitation to come onto this podcast to make that announcement anytime you want. That sounds like a plan. I feel like the tweet that would accompany that would be, Shorsage close to the Ravens have confirmed <laughs> that... Justin no, Tucker just, is planning a spectacular performance at Carnegie Hall. Stay tuned. Well, actually, I think it would be Justin Tucker revealed on the Adam Schefter podcast that he's performing at Carnegie Hall, fulfilling a lifelong dream for the first time. There you go. That's, hey, that's a great tweet. The something, thumbs are working. Yeah, something like that. I mean, that just, 
you know, that that's my old newspaper mind, you know, coming up with a lead on deadline, just whacking it out of my head there. And, and that's how we do it. And whatever the news is, the opera news, I, I think that would be incredibly compelling. So like I said, you've an open, open invite to reveal that news here anytime you want. You just let your PR guy, Chad Steele, know you're ready to make your big announcement. And uh, we will have you on here to make it another big announcement other than big trust. You you got it. That sounds like a plan to me. Hey, Justin, thanks for the time today. Really appreciate it. Congratulations on the game-winning kick, and lots of luck with the rest of the season. You got it. Thank you. Although, I will say, I'm playing against you in the ESPN Fancy Playoff this week, so if you want to miss one field goal from me for a minus Don't point Don't you put that opponent. evil on me, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> No way. I'm gonna, I hope I hope whoever's playing you smokes you now. 